Thanks for being with us. Seven minutes past 7 a.m. on this Sunday morning. As I mentioned yesterday, after I left the radio show and went and put on my global news hat, uh, I met a father, or sorry, a son and mother, uh, talking about the last five years. Well, it actually goes longer than that, but the last five years in particular, where they've worked so hard to get justice. And I'm bringing on Scott Magri to talk about this a little bit more. He is on the line with us. Scott, great to have you with us this morning. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Good morning. I hear you forgot to spring forward overnight. <laughs> yeah, it's a good thing. I'm looking on the clock six in the morning. What's going on here? <laughs> All right, well, I'm, I'm glad we could wake you up this morning. <laughs> well, yeah, because i got to go to work. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Well, thanks for chatting. Uh, we won't take too much of your time, but I want to talk a bit more about uh, this particular case. Uh, you, As I mentioned, you and your mom both worked very hard to bring uh, to bring justice in this case, but take us back and uh, and tell us a bit of what happened to you when you were 10. Well, I had a friend uh, there, and we uh, he ended up bringing me to uh, the, the trailer park and uh, over to this fellow's place, and managed to get us down to his bedroom a couple of couple of times on two other occasions. And uh, you know, we were both sexually assaulted, and uh, and then uh, one day he uh, kind of raised his voice at my friend there, and I realized, you know, he wasn't the the friend that I thought he was, and that was uh, the last time that I, I visited him, and. You know, that day, he, you know, those two occasions when that happened, you know, he took something away from me, right? So uh, you just bury those things deep inside. And, uh, you know, because at the time, you know, he's not hurt, hurting you when these things happen, a young kid. So you don't think there's too much wrong. But then on the other hand, you don't want to bring it up. You're a little embarrassed and you, you just bury these things deep and and, and try not to uh, uh, remember it. And and you were only ten at the time. Yeah. So it was 1979 in uh, not to give your age away. Uh, 1979 uh, in a, a in a trailer a mobile home park or a trailer park in um, Pitt Meadows. Fast forward a few years, and uh, like you said, you didn't uh, you didn't tell anybody about this. Uh, but then but then you did. Uh, what was it that really prompted you at 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 that point to put your story out there and to tell your mom about this and and to to finally bring it forward? Well, you know, all the things that happened to me as a child, that was that was a big one. It, my childhood wasn't that great, um, and it led into a lot of problems and uh, lived a life pretty much a hell, and then I decided to put it all on paper after, you know, I was fighting an addiction of Oxycontin and uh, put a book together, and my mother was helping me uh, do some editing, and uh, she didn't know about it until she got to the, you know, what happened, I mean, until she got to that part in the book. And then, uh, you know, naturally she's the mother and she had no idea. And, she, you know, it was tearing her apart because she wasn't there to protect me. And then uh, we decided to go to the police and start a file. And uh, it took five years to find him. And you and your mother were very involved in that, uh, in finding him. What was that like, actually doing some of that detective work and trying to track this man down? Yeah, that was a lot of work considering I didn't even know what his name was. I didn't uh, have the right trailer i knew what street it was and then uh just finding my friend that uh, now lives out of province there going through a bunch of uh just running the last name until i finally got him and then got his first name and then crisscross books to the library and yeah we've been everywhere just get pouring it on to the rcmp and uh, and kim grenham and uh attachment there and maple ridge she's done a great job and we just kept pouring it on and she kept investigating until they finally found him in quebec 
And what was it like when you saw a picture of him or when police asked you to uh, to, to identify him? Yeah, they um, brought me in, uh, I guess, a year and a half ago, December, and um, showed me a bunch of photos. And uh, the first 12 that they showed me weren't him, and then boom, the last one was. And I'm staring at this photo, and it's been, you know, at that time, what, 36 years since the last time I seen this guy. And I picked him out right away, no problem. And, uh, yeah, when the constable left the room just to take care of some paperwork, whatever, I got emotional in there because I didn't really know it, it did a lot of damage to me. I mean, I was I thought I was doing the right thing. I was coming forward because I knew there had to be others, and I was doing it for them. But then uh, I started realizing, well, I guess this did make a big impact on me. And it was uh, Margie from Victim Services there. She's she's a great woman. She's the one that told me how this all works. And lo- the path that I took in my life all uh, originated from what happened in that trailer. So, uh, you know, it's, it was an eye-opener. And then reading the uh, victim impact statement in court, you know, I got emotional there too. So, yeah, it, it definitely, now it all makes sense to me that, when those things happen to you, it just, you know, creates a path, different path in your life. Uh, in court uh, this month, March 9th, uh, Gilles Joseph Paul Brophy uh, pleaded guilty to one count of indecent assault against another male. Uh, he was given a conditional sentence. Uh, he was given probation. He has to uh, give a sample to the National Sex Offender Registry. Uh, I know he's going back to Quebec. What do you say about the sentence? Well, you know, like Bruce at Crown uh, that morning there, he, he told me that he looked up in 79 for the same uh, same um, conviction there. It was, you know, 10 years in prison and whipping, it actually says. That's in 79. I mean, things have changed. Now he got a conditional sentence. They don't even have the bracelet anymore. That went out 10 years ago. So, you know, nine months, he's, he's got a curfew. You know, at 7 o'clock at 7 in the morning, he's got to stay in, and he can't go to playgrounds and stuff like that. But for him to hop on a plane, go back to Quebec, book himself into uh, probation and tell him, yeah, I'm here, and for them to say, okay, you go home, stay, make sure you're in at 7 o'clock, and don't go by the, the playground. I mean, that's pathetic. I mean, that that system isn't working, obviously. Uh, you, so, uh, you petitioned the court, or you went to the court also to have the publication ban on your name. Uh, mm-hmm. lifted so you can talk with us today and we and we can talk freely about this. Why was it important for you to do that? Well, because I know that there's got to be other victims, and I, I actually know of, of three, so it's just up to them that they're going to have to come forward. And like I said, I just, I don't want to, I want to do everything that I can try to get closure for the rest of them. It's not just for me, because I wouldn't feel right, like I said, jumping a ship, swimming ashore, and let the rest drown. I, I just don't want to don't want to do that. Is it a message to other, uh, and, and not just in this particular case, but is it a message to other adults that if you did go so- through something like this as a child, that there is uh, there is a way to talk about it, there is a way to move forward from it? Yeah, I mean, you got to get to a certain point in your life and something has to happen. And I think it's, it's so hard to talk about in order to bring it up. And me, just, I guess that... Uh, the things that happened to me and uh it was it was just time to start putting it down on the paper and i just felt it was the right thing to do um and yeah it's nothing to be ashamed of i mean you're only 10 years old you're a little, little kid i mean you don't know any any better so um more people uh, should come you know out in the open and talk about uh the things that they uh, dealt with when they were younger i mean it's just healing for themselves 
All right. Uh, and I know you've uh, written a book about it as well and, uh, and gotten it out uh, in paper uh, as well. Scott, thank you so much. I know you have to get off to work now. So I appreciate you so much taking a few minutes uh, to chat with us about this today. Thank you. No problem. Thank you. All right. That is Scott Magri. And uh, he was joining us to talk more about this. There was a guilty plea in the case, uh, but Scott's saying anybody. And the reason that he's speaking out uh, is uh, exactly for that reason. Anybody, if you happen uh, to be a victim of abuse when you're a kid, uh, about how you can deal with that and uh, move on. We will take a short break. When we come back, it is a story that certainly is getting a lot of response. A Victoria family, they found out that their child had been diagnosed with cancer. How the community has rallied. We'll talk about that when we return.